Hey, welcome to That's When You Get A Dog, the podcast, Bow Fow, by old women for old women. We're here, episode three. Thanks for listening, guys. The support has been amazing. I've said this before, but if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave us a review on your fave podcast app as these reviews help us get discovered. And if you're not a review person, why not tell five friends about the show? We're on all the apps, Acast, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and pretty much all the places podcasts are. Let's get to it. Your new Ronnie fact is Ronnie hates new toys. He won't touch the things I buy until they're around 10 months old. His favorite thing is to steal from other dogs in the park. Those are the toys he really, really cherishes. What a weirdo, right? But now, anchor time. My body's nobody's body but mine. You run your own body, let me run mine. Yes, the body image episode. That was actually a song I used to sing in primary school. I think it was to teach us about not doing things or only doing things you're comfortable with. It's a good message. Body image. We have social media, magazines, television, people in real life. There are so many messages out there. It's clear to me, though, that all mediums unify on one message, that young and skinny is beautiful. You have options to have big butts or big boobs or both, but that's usually where the options end. According to DoSomething.org, approximately 91% of women are unhappy with their bodies and resort to dieting to achieve their ideal body shape. In a survey, more than 40% of women would consider plastic surgery in the future. Interestingly, in the same survey, 20% of men felt the same way. In 2016, beauty brand Dove released their Global Beauty and Confidence Report. The report featured data from over 10,000 women from 13 different countries. Some key highlights were 65% of women cited pressure from advertising and media to reach unrealistic body goals as a key force in driving appearance anxiety. And 85% of women said they opt out of life activities such as joining a team or club or engaging with family and loved ones when they don't feel good about the way they look. All these percentages are really high and I can absolutely believe 91% of women aren't happy with their bodies. I'm definitely one of them. There are no right answers with body image as it is a very personal thing. So I wanted to get some opinions from women who are out there using their bodies in different ways. First up is Mirren Carey Campbell, AKA Bangs and a Bun, former Elle Magazine's fitness editor, spin instructor and blogger. When I got into fitness, I discovered the feeling of euphoria that comes with a good workout. I realised that nobody ever really talks about that. Traditional media has always kind of pitched fitness to us as a weight loss thing, as a way for us to get our bodies to look a certain way. When I started working out, it was legitimately because I had been feeling not right. Something just wasn't sitting in me correctly. So I was like, I should probably just start moving. And when I started doing that and kind of discovered endorphins and finished my first boxing workout and felt like, oh my God, I just want to do that again. I want to do it all the time. And I want everybody to feel like this. When I discovered that feeling, I was, first of all, really relieved that I felt that, really excited that I felt that. And then that kind of turned to like, 
confusion at why we have not been told about this. <laughs> so why does exercise make us feel better? I did my Googles and I came across an article on fastcompany.com which asked the question, what triggers happiness in our brain when we exercise? If you start exercising, your brain recognises this as a moment of stress. As the heartbeat hastens, our brain thinks we're either fighting an enemy or fleeing it. To protect the brain from stress, the body releases a protein called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. BDNF has a reparative element to the memory and acts as a reset switch, which is why we can feel at ease and things seem clearer after exercising. While all this is going on, endorphins are also released in our brains. Endorphins minimise the discomfort of exercise, block the feeling of pain and have even been associated with the feeling of euphoria. And who doesn't like feeling euphoric? I know I do. If you're just on the couch trying to find your way into a healthier life and it's always being pitched to you as a chore, as something that is designed to make you look a certain way, but none of the other benefits of it are being pitched to you, it's really off-putting. And of course you're not going to get involved. I came around to that way of thinking just literally by doing. And I will also preface that by saying, when I initially started working out, I was a bit chunkier than I usually was. So because I've been raised in this system of thinking my body's not quite good enough that way, so I should make it look this way, there was probably an underlying thing in there of maybe I should lose a few pounds. Although to have looked at me at the time and now in retrospect, I was fine. But these messages all the time of like, you should lose those love handles, you should get your belly a bit flatter, you should do whatever. So I think there was probably an underlying aspect of that, but it was more to do with, I'm not feeling great. And then once I found that feeling of like, my God, I feel incredible. I feel more confident and all the other things that went with it. I was just like, okay, let me just shout that from the rooftops all the time. It would be great if we could all think this way. It's all to do with how we look. That is our sole value as women, what we're taught through mainstream media all the time. And I think especially when you get to 30s or mid-30s as I am now, you just get sick of it. You get more comfortable in your own skin as you get older and you peep the game. Like, I see what they're trying to do there and I'm not going to fall for it because I actually, I like who I am. You kind of become a bit more naturally resistant to those messages. The way that fitness is pitched to women constantly is to lose weight or to make your body look a certain way. That body ideal was never decided by us. The patriarchy has decided that for us. You can look back to be it Victorian ages with corsets, whatever the body type was, men had a hand in making that the ideal. And if we want to get deep into that, that all comes down to attractiveness, obviously being linked to fertility and men wanting to procreate with us. The more attractive you are to men, the more likely your chances are of procreating. And then, you know, the human race continues. I get it. However, the way that that's trickled down into every single aspect of the way that we live, and especially as women, the way that we're seen, our total worth and value as women is always tied up in the way that we look. So that is naturally um, translated through fitness into workout to lose weight, even when you don't need to lose weight. I, got, I see chicks in the gym talking about fasted cardio and trying to lose a couple pounds, and they're like tiny as is. So that is that mentality is so dangerous. Creams that get rid of cellulite. This is not a thing. Like it's all right to have cellulite. Getting a six pack in six weeks, flatter tummy, thigh gap. I don't want a summer body. I don't want a bikini body. I just want my body <laughs> to function the way I want it to function and be happy in, which is probably 
the biggest threat to the beauty industry, the fitness industry. My mentality is not what they want. The whole this and that can get rid of cellulite. I can't believe they're still allowed to get away with selling this message. Cellulite is genetic and happens to pretty much every woman apart from the lucky ones whose genes have sorted them out. The message needs to be cellulite is normal, to be honest. I do understand that that's not the case for everyone. I do understand that it's a journey to get there and it can be frustrating. I think it just kind of gets amplified now with people like the Kardashians and stuff. It's Hollywood beauty, which is such an extreme, let's be honest, fake way of looking. They're like dolls, you know, not not just the Kardashians. When I look at a lot of actresses in Hollywood, they're just cookie cutter people. You can't tell one from the other. We're stripping people of their individuality and we're making people hate themselves. You just got to stand firmly, boldly in who you are. For the record, I'm not against plastic surgery. I haven't had any work done myself, but if there's something you're not happy with, hell yeah, get it done. Makeup, hair extensions, heels, padded bras, spanks, laser eye surgery, teeth braces, etc. All those things wouldn't exist if we all just worked with what we had. Bangs is clearly a very confident person. Where did that come from? I would definitely attribute that confidence to fitness, to be honest. I was always a dancer when I was younger. And then through my 20s, I kind of stopped doing anything. During those, what I call the couch potato years, there wasn't a lot of confidence. I felt very lost in my life in my 20s. I think my confidence grew once I started working out and discovered that feeling of the ability of what my body can do, just how incredible your body is. That's what helped me grow in body confidence. I think the more that I started to do physically, the more I tried to push myself, the more I tried to challenge myself, I just kind of got more love and appreciation for my body, exactly how it is. I would class myself as pretty damn fit. My body, I don't think now, looks drastically different to my body of 10 years ago. But I'm way fitter now than I was in my 20s. You know, I'm a spin instructor. I instruct people every day, like women in their 20s, who I can slay them on a bike. But you got a snatched waist and you little six pack and all that. Cool. But I'm way fitter than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're going to deal with this jiggle while I kick your ass. That's more important to me, actually. Like, it's important that people see that. You can be a little chunky and fit. Bangs isn't chunky, as she exercises way more than the average person. But I do see what she's saying about the need for representation in fitness. Fitness gets you there because that's one of the few times where you're really vulnerable. To put your body in someone else's hands, be it in a fitness class or in a gym or any kind of environment, if you're even out running on the road, like you're vulnerable there because other people can see you doing that and you might not feel great about it. You're having this like internal mental battle every step of what you're doing every punch you throw every step you take while you're running every sit up you do can I do this can I do one more when you get to the end of that workout and you're like I could I did I absolutely can do that there's a confidence that comes in that of like you just start to care less and less of like oh well I don't have that perky butt or I don't have that six pack but I just slayed that class though like what the hell else can I do it really is fun to push yourself. I love doing things I couldn't do or thought I'd never do. You know, you hit 30 and you see 
how you kind of instantly start getting ignored it becomes kind of a bit of a lost decade in the run-up to your 40s where you just get ignored altogether. So I think everybody just tries to hold on to youth. But people age. Nobody can avoid it. None of us are ever going to be able to freeze time. I personally don't feel that pressure. For me, I'm kind of really enjoying the, the aging process, redefining what aging means to me. I'm 36 my mother at 36 had two children and she was a very different 36 to me her mother was a very different 36 to her so to me my age is amazing what I care about is making some good money helping my parents retire doing what I need to do taking care of my life and my business when you're 22 life is very different they don't have real life concerns yet the veneer of social media can't really show you anything right everybody is kind of faking their life to an extent I definitely don't feel the need to compete with that because I can only be me you could not pay me to be 25 again because what a freaking confusing time in life. It was not enjoyable. You're just always kind of racked with this lack of confidence and hardly any self-esteem. Nah, mate. Been there, done that. I do not long for it. <laughs> I feel the same way, although if I could go back and whisper in my 25-year-old self's ear, I definitely would. My grandmother just passed a few weeks ago and she was 88. She was like frozen in time to me at about 70. Like she just kind of didn't really seem to age. To look at her, she was an old woman and she'd been an old woman since she was about 50 for her generation that's how life went she had two kids by 21 she was married so you know she was a housewife for her whole life and so I think that generation aged very quickly my generation listen I'm not gonna have kids who knows if I'll ever get married it's, um, it's not like a requirement for me so my life is gonna be very different I think I'm gonna be like the coolest freaking 80 year old that any of these young people ever meet. So to me, that's super exciting. With body image comes age perceptions. I wondered what Bangs thought of the phrase growing old gracefully. I think it's a quite an old timey term. I think that is something that my grandmother would have appreciated. Both my grandmothers did grow old very gracefully. I have no grace. <laughs> so I want to grow old wildly. I want to grow old boldly. I want to grow old in so many awesome ways. I think to me, the, the connotation of that is kind of just slip away into the dark and just go and do that over there. You know, it's part of this thing of like old people not being seen. I will do whatever I feel I want to do at that age, whatever my body's going to allow me to do, whatever my mind is still intending to do. Growing old gracefully, while part of me appreciates the sentiment, I don't know if I really feel like I connect with that. That was the super impressive bangs in a bun. I hope one day I find that passion for exercise. I think it's in me somewhere. Hey, I've got a podcast you might like. I would like to introduce you to Black Magic Podcast, a show which celebrates British black women. In each episode, host Anika Allen is joined by two guests to talk about how they've overcome their challenges to succeed in their personal and professional lives. It shows that there are lots of amazing women to look up to in the UK, so we don't always need to look elsewhere for inspiration. I want to meet someone and have an adventure. I don't mm. want to meet someone and settle yeah. down. I want to meet someone who wants to go and do amazing things. You know, when I was younger and still 
all now part of me. You know, I want to change the world. I want to want to do something revolutionary. And I, I guess I want to meet someone who wants to start a revolution. Too. You can find Black Magic Podcast in the new and noteworthy section of Apple Podcasts and on all good podcast apps. As you all know, I've not had any children yet. So I wanted to know how your opinion on body image changes after carrying a child. I spoke with Susie Coulson from the Backstory podcast to get her thoughts. I kind of feel like I have the body that I deserve. I'm 46. I've had three kids. I used to be overweight and maybe a little bit past my best, tired around the edges, but also I think I'm in quite reasonable shape. I exercise every day. I'm very careful with what I eat. So there's maybe a lot in there that I would like to change, but actually I do have the body I deserve. If I could swap bodies with Kate Moss, then I really don't think I would. I think I'm pretty attached to the one that I've got. I was intrigued by Susie's phrasing, the body she deserved. I asked her why she says deserve. I mean, we usually say we deserve things if we feel we've missed out on something or maybe if we've done something wrong and we deserve the consequences. I've never thought about using the word with the body, although I guess I do have the body I deserve. Choices that we make have implications. I don't think I took care of myself at all when I was younger. That has its legacy. And now that I'm older, I take much better care of myself, so I get the benefits Kind of sounds a little bit judgmental, maybe, to say deserve, but bodies kind of reflect the lives that we're living and the choices that we're making. And I think that mine reflects the choices that I've made in the past and how I'm living today. I think I maybe trust my body quite a lot. You know, I think there's something quite amazing about your body growing a baby and then feeding a baby. And I remember when my first daughter was six months old she'd been exclusively breastfed until that stage and I remember thinking god you know all of that has come from my body and that is quite incredible I think maybe what changed after having children was also that feeling of needing to be me you know I got to a stage where I really really was ready to give up breastfeeding I fed them all until they were a year And after that, I was really ready to stop. And I really had that strong sense of just wanting my body to belong to me again and wanting to, I don't know, maybe wanting to dress a certain way and kind of resisting slipping into feeling like a mum all the time. It was really important to me that separation, that sense of getting my body back. You know, I remember just wanting to be able to, when you're pregnant and when you're breastfeeding, you're so careful about what you eat and what you drink. But actually, I wanted to get back to a stage where I could have what I wanted to have and where I could wear clothes where I wasn't having to accommodate feeding a child. And just that sense of wanting my body to be my own again was a, was quite a strong thing for me. I was speaking to my friend about this episode. She recently stopped breastfeeding her daughter and one of the things she said she was looking forward to was wearing dresses. She said she couldn't wait to not have to dress for easy boob access. It's a world I know nothing about. This would not have even crossed my mind. I had my last child at 40. I think that combination of knowing that she was my last and knowing that I was just about to turn 40 Those two things kind of sharpen the mind and you have that sense of it's now or never. It's really hard to identify 
what gets you into that place. If you're going to make a big life change, I think you've got to get your head in the right place first. And for me, I don't think I tried to change all of my habits overnight. You know, I hadn't been taking particularly good care of myself. And I knew that I wasn't going to wake up the next day and suddenly be a kind of paragon of good health. So what I did was I started changing one habit at a time. Habit number one was stopping having Twix bars. And then I just embedded that habit and bit by bit changed my behavior and was able to become kind of stricter and stricter with myself to the extent that I am now where I am really pretty strict with myself. I exercise every single day. It's not a huge amount. It's about maybe 25 minutes, but that's long enough just to keep things ticking over. I drink loads of water. I skip breakfast. I'm very, very strict with what I eat. I count my calories very carefully. So it's probably not the healthiest way of doing it, but it's maybe the healthiest way that I can do. And it's certainly a lot better than I used to be. I think I'm one of those people with an appetite that just doesn't stop. But the way that I do it now is that I'm really, really strict on a day-to-day basis. And then when we're eating with friends or when it's special occasions or whatever, then I'll have a bit of a blowout. You know, there's only so much damage you can do in one meal. That seems to be enough. Let's face it, there is no one size fits all for weight loss. I wish there was. There are thousands and thousands of articles with tips and tricks, but it seems to me anyone who has lost weight goes to bed hungry and it really is a sad state of affairs, especially if you love food. The good food. I asked Susie whether the messaging in the media and social media has affected her. You know, I'm sure that I'm kind of susceptible to those messages like anyone else. I do feel really strongly that we shouldn't be body shaming. We need to kind of back off commenting on other people's bodies, you know. It feels like it's the last area where prejudice is acceptable. Calling people fat and making comments on their body shape seems to happen way too much. And I just think that everybody needs to back off. It's really not acceptable to be making those kind of comments. You know, I've got three daughters and I feel very strongly about the messages that they're growing up with. So, yeah, I would love to say that none of us were affected by this. But I think we are massively and I think we need to kind of challenge it when people are body shaming, when people are making comments. I think we need to be calling it out much more than we do. The world would be a better place if, if we just stop commenting on other people's body shapes full stop. You don't know what people's particular hang-ups are. You don't know where they're at. And I think it's such a personal thing and it's it's used in such a shameful way. And I just don't think any of us have got the right to be doing that to other people. And ageing, the thing that every woman is told to fear. We don't, but that's not the message that spreads. I wanted to know whether Susie had the same view as Bangs. At the grand old age of 46, I feel okay about it. Not everybody gets older. Some people don't make it to old age. So I know I'm not quite an old age yet. But a lot of people don't make it beyond their 30s and 40s. So it means you're still around. I think it definitely gives you a sense of you don't quite have that 
sense of invincibility that you have when you're younger you know health problems that maybe when you're in your 20s and 30s seem like they're way off in the distance I think when you get a little bit older suddenly they seem a bit more realistic and that need to take care of yourself kind of kicks in but I think it gives me a sense of connection to women who are older than me and also a connection to women who are younger than me, you know. I think we shouldn't be kind of pitting the generations against each other. We should be seeing what we've got in common and seeing how we can support each other because there are issues that affect us all. I think there are maybe a few myths as you get older. You know, people say that you don't care what others think about you, but I think you still care what other people think about you. I know I do. But I also think this idea that things are fixed by a certain age I don't think I believe that there's always room to change and to grow and you know like in my case just because you've been overweight for however many years doesn't mean you've got to stay like that there's always scope for change so yeah I feel pretty good about getting older Susie is right aging is not guaranteed and with every year we collect we become better anyway There are many messages out there regarding what we should think about our bodies. Love your body as it is. You don't need to lose weight. You're too fat. Lose weight. You're too skinny. Eat a burger. You're too muscular, etc, etc. Basically, if you have a body and you're a woman, people have something to say about it. I sat down with bodybuilder Lorraine, aka Miss Lala. I've recently gone on a journey of fitness, which I've been documenting on my Instagram page. I have just finished competing in bikini sections in bodybuilding shows I've just actually finished my second show I'm in bulk season bulk season what is that I hear you asking so obviously I got on Google and found myself at bodybuilding.com and there I learned that in bodybuilding you work in two seasons bulk and cut bulk comes in full autumn winter seasons and cut is spring summer basically bulk season is what it sounds like you bulk up you build muscle gain weight and increase strength cutting season is losing fat losing weight and getting as lean as possible I come from a very fitness enthusiastic family my mum is a personal trainer my brother also competes and he's a MMA fighter as well. I've grown up in a very, very sporty environment. And as much as I've always loved sport, I've always had an issue with um, food in that I eat too much of it. And I've always been like that, even as a child, going to McDonald's and stuff in my face with things I shouldn't eat. Consequently, when I got to my teen years, I put on a lot of weight. I think because I was tall and was a tomboy I wasn't really too fussed about it because I was quite happy to kind of hide my body under quite baggy clothing it got to a stage where I just thought I really want to do something about this but I don't know what to do my mum she used to take me with her to her classes that she used to teach she used to do this deliberately to kind of introduced me to another side of fitness, got involved, knowledgeable about the gym and gym industry. So fast forward to today, I think it's kind of rubbed off. We have this thing where you know, we'll see somebody who we think has an amazing figure and then we'll do things to try and attain said figure and we'll do things that are totally just outside of what is right for 
us as individuals because we're looking at somebody else we don't know if they're just naturally like that or if they're doing something that perhaps isn't good for them in order for them to get to that shape or or maybe they're doing something which is actually quite healthy for them the media have a lot to do with it because there's so many different mixed messages in regards to like weight loss and what's healthy and what isn't healthy and we tend to kind of sift through all of these different messages looking for the quick fix when the reality is there's no such thing as a quick fix Our bodies are designed to be active. If you're sitting down and looking at a pill that says, yes, I can make you lose weight. The fact of the matter is it's nonsense. It's crazy what we're sold in order to lose weight. I'll be honest, I did have my protein world slender blend, but it tasted gross. People tend to look on social media, looking at people, seeing their bodies and like, she did it like that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy a waist trainer or I'm going to buy a sweatsuit or I'm going to do this, that. Nobody asks questions. Everybody just runs out. See, They see what they see and they just buy it. So I think it's just a question of people kind of not wanting to do their research just wanting to you know have the quick fix and obviously social media and media in general just kind of play into that and they just sell 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 push 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 an image do you remember those tablets that stopped you absorbing fat my cousin and his wife tried it they said fat literally leaked from their butts they couldn't go to work all this to lose weight it's mad If you go to Miss Lala's Instagram you can see she has had some pretty impressive transformation Tuesdays How did she do it? When I got to my late teens and my early 20s, the weight slowly started coming off, but it wasn't coming off in a way that was healthy because I wasn't doing healthy things to lose it. Then I had to start doing my own research, understanding that from the age of 25, you actually start to lose muscle. When you lose muscle, obviously your skin starts to hang and everything. This is the healthiest I've ever been in my entire life because everything is now balanced. It's like I've got the energy to do the workouts I need to do. My body has literally transformed. I was doing things like spending far too long in the gym. Like I was doing far too much cardio. I wasn't lifting any weights, overeat. And then you think, oh, I'll just go to the gym and burn it off. That doesn't work. (laughs) I never did things like laxatives or pills or anything because them kind of things, they scare me. Because like, no, I I won't do that. The overeating and undereating for me was a problem. Okay, if you have a particular body type that you like, what I say is look at athletes at the top of their game. Like really look at their body structure. If you look at a female sprinter, look at her body, look at how they're properly toned like think they're still very small but everything is just kind of like muscle whereas a marathon runner their shape straight up and down hardly any fat hardly any muscle like you, you look at the two disciplines so obviously those are two extremes but then you need to decide to yourself okay the body type I kind of want to attain is more either that one or that one so therefore I need to train more like the sprinter or I need to train more like the marathon runner if that is how you want to look obviously not to the extent that they do but that's what you should be doing as someone who documents her fitness journey I wanted to know what Miss Lala thought about people like Tayana Taylor or Beyonce getting body shamed for looking good after having children sounds stupid but I've seen it it is crazy we spend too much time looking at other people either begrudging them or being envious and not kind of taking the time to kind of look at ourselves and trying to be the best versions of ourselves. I don't understand this idea of begrudging people when they achieve something that's a great thing. It's interesting because I was speaking to a friend of mine recently in regards to how we kind of procrastinate when it comes to like losing weight. A friend of his was saying that, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm naturally big, so I'm just going to stay this way. 
the fact that she says that she's going to stay this way suggests to me that she knows that if she wanted to, she could do something about losing the weight if that's what she so desired. You've actually made a conscious decision that you don't want to do that and you're quite happy to stay the way that you are. And if that's the case, that is totally fine. But then if you're moaning about Beyonce, Tiano, whoever it is, Rihanna, then clearly what that says to me is that you're not entirely happy with yourself. My motto is, or I steal this from my mom, is like, you need to look good for the age that you're at. If you're like 35, you're trying to compete with a 20-year-old, what the hell is wrong with you? It's, it's a battle you're never going to win. You're just not. So just be happy in yourself. Just feel amazing within yourself. It's okay if you feel like you're still 19. Like sometimes I forget, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like 39 and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't ring true in my head, but I know that I am. But at the same time, I would never actively try to compete with someone who's 18, 19. What, what, why? Why? <laughs> I've got enough issues and problems going on in my life. I'm going to add that on top of it. You know, I'm just me. And there you have it. All the women align on basically not giving a damn about aging. And it's true. We have so much going on. Getting older is inevitable. So who cares? I've been claiming the word old for ages anyway. I don't feel a day over 25 and I have a feeling that's going to stay that way for a while. Our bodies are what we live in day and night. And if we look in the mirror, we can all point to at least 50 flaws on it. But you know what? We are way harder on ourselves than any stranger could ever be. I am far from perfect on this. I sometimes feel like a sausage. I look in the mirror and I can't figure out why my makeup doesn't look like the girls on Instagram. But that's life. We have to reprogram ourselves to love what we see in the mirror. And I don't mean just say it but really mean it. Our bodies are ours and no one outside of ourselves should dictate to us what makes it beautiful. I want to thank Bangs, Susie and Miss Lala for sharing their views. That's When You Get A Dog is produced by me, Renee Richardson. Additional recording for this episode was done by Cass Denton. Our original music is by Aaron Williams and cover up by Adam Cohen. The show is available everywhere. Why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? Subscribe on CastBox or tweet a Radio Public link. Share on Twitter that you're listening to the show using our hashtag GetADogPod and follow GetADogPod on me, at Renee Rich, or both. Next week, Sophie will be back for the debrief. See you on the flip side. Bye!